we're going against a team that's the number one seed, you know, in the league. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are thinking they're going to win. You know, everyone can have their own opinion. We certainly have an opinion, and we got to go out there and execute our best to, in order to accomplish that. Gurley, a lot of room. Inside the 20, he is gone. Touchdown. It's time, Championship Sunday edition of TSN Four Downs, AFC NFC Championship coming up Sunday, and then we'll know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Welcome to TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Great show for you today. I'm going to be chatting with not a one-time, not a two-time, but a three-time. Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, Gerard Cherry. Now, what's most interesting to me about chatting with Gerard here is he was there for the first three Super Bowls and during the Bledsoe-Brady transition, as well as when, if you can think about it or believe it, at one point, Bill Belichick was on the hot seat in New England all the way back in the early 2000s. Gerard was there for all that, so I want to get his take on that transition, where the Patriots are at now, as well as... Being a rare underdog, they are three-point dogs in Kansas City. How is that going to motivate Brady and Belichick? We know they're uber-competitive, but Gerard was in the room, in the building with them. So to get that insight, I think, is going to be really cool. We'll chat with Gerard in about 15 minutes. Uh, then Rich Hammond covering the L.A. Rams for the Los Angeles Daily News in Orange County Register. We'll get injury updates from him and really tee up Rams and Saints. That matchup, to me, is so interesting because... You have McVeigh and Goff as what Peyton and Breeze were, what, 12 years ago? Like, Sean Peyton was the McVeigh of his day back right before they were winning the Super Bowl. And Drew Brees was the upstart young guy, you know, and, and that combo. And now you have the next wave of that McVeigh and Goff. So we'll chat with Rich Hammond. About that, we'll get into full game picks. We'll have some fantasy prop plays as well. Uh, talk a little fantasy football and get really into our picks. couple poll questions, too. Follow us on Twitter, at AndyMC81, at TSN4Downs. And if you miss any of the show, it's on the Twitter account. We'll post it, as well as on the TSN1050.ca show page and on iTunes. And, of course, folks, it's cold outside, right? It's snowing. Go get yourself some Domino's pizza. Have them deliver it. Don't, don't cook. Don't travel out. You can get carryout deals, of course, if you're brave enough. But, but go... Go get some Domino's pizza. Large four topping for just $12.99. You can get unlimited medium two topping pizzas for $7.99 for online orders. Go check out all the great deals. Get it. Perfect football food. Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. All right. Let's get to some news and notes. Three and out. First down. First down. Now, you'd think it'd be difficult to make a five-time Super Bowl champion quarterback feel like an underdog, but... That's what Tom Brady and the Patriots are embracing as the Chiefs are three-point favorites in Kansas City for that AFC Championship game. PSN's Farhan Lalji gives some interesting stats, and we also hear from New England's Julian Edelman, Tom Brady himself, and Jason McCourty. The Patriots will be playing in their eighth straight AFC Championship game and have been to three of the last four Super Bowls. Yet somehow they're managing to play the disrespect card. And no one has done that quite like Tom Brady has over his career. And now he has his ammunition as Brady's Patriots will be underdogs in the playoffs for the first time in five years and the first time in 67 games since he's been the starter. His teammate Julian Edelman is also taking up the cause, putting out t-shirts that say, bet against us. Is there a genuine feeling of, of- disrespect in the room? 
Uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't. I don't look into stuff like that. Uh, you know, we're just worried about Kansas City and doing everything I can to prepare myself mentally, physically, and emotionally to go out and play my best game. We're going against a team that's the number one seed, you know, in the league. And uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are thinking they're going to win. You know, everyone can have their own opinion. We certainly have an opinion, and we got to go out there and execute our best to in order to accomplish that. There's a lot of guys that in a locker room um, that maybe got passed up for a scholarship in high school, maybe got drafted like myself at the end of the sixth round, and you've just always had that chip on your shoulder, and it's just no matter what you go through uh, in life, especially with football, there's just always someone or something. So I think um, that type of mindset, no matter if you're 16 and all, um, you're rolling through the playoffs, no matter what the situation is, you're always gonna, there's always going to be somebody that's doubting you or saying something uh, about you. Going on the road is un- familiar territory for the Patriots in the postseason of their 30 non-Super Bowl playoff games. 23 have been here in Foxborough. They are 3-4 and four in playoff road games, including the last three as losses. They're also 1-5 lifetime at Arrowhead. And that's what's going to be interesting. In Foxborough, when they've won their Super Bowls, the road has gone through New England. Now you're in Kansas City. We'll get into more of those game picks after. But do you think that like Bill Belichick is just standing off camera out of view of reporters when any of his players speak with like a big red button? And if you say anything that is beyond robotic, he'll push it and you'll get an electric shock? Like Julian Edelman, like, you made shirts, bro. We know you have shirts saying bet against us. And you're asked if you feel disrespected. and you Anyway, that's the Patriot way. It has served them well. Who am I to say it? Let's move on. Second down. And of course, part of the fun of the NFL playoffs is betting lines, prop bets, and CBS Sports' uh, Pete Prisco and friends go over some props on which team is most likely to score the most points this weekend. So I think you're going to see Drew Brees come out. They put up 45 against this Rams defense the first time that they met in week number nine. I think you'll see them go off again. I like the Saints at home. I'm going the other way. I'm going to see Tommy Brady. I think Bill Belichick is going to have a field day against that Kansas City defense. I think that defense is bad. And last week they played great. They're not going to do it again. He will carve them to shreds, provided it's not really windy. That's the factor. Forget about the cold. Because they're coming from that tropical environment. No, the wind. The wind will hurt everybody. It will hurt the passing game on both sides if it's windy. If it's not windy, Brady will have a great day. Pete going with Goff. Gurley, Cooks, and then the Patriots <laughs> score the most points at the end. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you. Hey, as we wrap things up, though, we'll take a look at the odds to win the Super Bowl. One more thing here, of course. Uh, who do you think has the best shot here to win it all, guys? Uh, I'm going with uh, the third team in that spot. Plus 333. Give me the Patriots. I'm on board. Uh, I, I believe in them. We buried them in the middle of the season. I didn't, but most people did. Patriots. I had Patriots Saints from the preseason. Mm. I'm going to take the Patriots as well. I think you, they, they they come off the Super Bowl loss last year. They win it this year. The two old old men going at it in Atlanta. But two 40-year-old quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, they, they say it all the time. 40 is the new 30 when it comes to quarterbacks. All right, both you guys like the patch right above 3-1 to one odds right now to win it all. There you are. Some bets leading in and next week's show on the bye week in between the this game and then the Super Bowl will have plenty of prop bets have a lot of fun with that now an update on the weather in Kansas City Missouri doesn't look as bad remember beginning of the week people were thinking all this snow and all that as of right now it is scheduled to be minus two Celsius partly cloudy zero uh, percent of precipitation going to be dry and 13 kilometer an hour winds that's not bad 
I take that. Like that's that doesn't seem like a difference making game and and that weather, that's that is going to play so much into the strategy. Cuz it's all gusty and snowy the run game, but I want to see this as clean as possible to see if we can get some sort of a replication from that October matchup with these two teams. Air it out. I want to see the best teams play at their best, not be hampered by weather. All right, let's move on. Third down. And you know I had to come back to this. Adam Gase, his introductory press conference with the New York Jets was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in sports. Unless he wins a Super Bowl with the Jets, his bug-eyed, bewildered look at that press conference will be what he is remembered for, not just in New York, but in football. So, Gase, you got to win a Super Bowl now, bro. Like, I'm sure all of you guys saw, all you have to do is type into Google, Adam Gase, and it'll come right up. He's memes, he's GIFs all over Twitter and social media. His eyes, like, it had the look of someone, a combination of someone who just woke up from a nap, who didn't quite know where he was, was probably on some sort of substance, and then also realized, oh, crap, I'm the head coach of the New York Jets. It was weird. In any case, credit to Gase. He went on ESPN's uh, Dan Lebitard show to go over his odd behavior. What happened at the introductory press conference? Like, what can you tell us about? Uh, did you know that it became a meme and people were putting tacos around your face so that, uh, like, yeah, did I you don't, know? I don't, I don't, I don't have Twitter, Instagram. I don't read the internet. I don't watch TV. Like, I don't. All that stuff doesn't. It's irrelevant to me. To me, it's pollution of the brain. I really don't care. Like, that's just, that's how I operate. I'm here to do one thing, and that's to help this organization win. So all the other stuff is irrelevant to me. Uh, was it irrelevant, irrelevant to the other people who were management at that press conference? Did anyone say anything to you, or did they leave it alone? Nobody said anything to me. Um, when you left the room, did you feel like you'd won the press conference? I don't care. Okay. All I know is <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is it? Do we win any games because of it? No, that's true. No. Nobody cares. <laughs> that's a good. It is. It's a great answer. I hope you keep that with the New York tabloids. I hope you keep sticking your face in that buzzsaw because that'll be a fun fight to watch. I'm not trying to fight anybody. I'm just trying to to do everything I can to win games. I feel like you're a guy who laughs though, and I think you should watch the taco video because I think you might think it's funny. Can I like send it to you? No, I don't want it. I don't want it. Okay. I mean, it's just, a, it's not a pollution of the brain. It's just a little bit of litter. It's like, it's just a little bit of litter. Don't need it. Don't, don't need, need it. it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Adam, I give you a, I'll give you a Jake Huller on that one. Don't care. <laughs> Adam Gase on Dan Lebertard show. Credit to him for going on. I, I really want an explanation. What was up, dude? It was so, so bizarre with those eyes. Like, that's going to live forever. I, I love it. So, Adam Gase, thank you, because we have something to use uh, on social media for the next, like, 20 years. So, that's, that's great. Thank you. Uh, let's get to our poll questions. You can vote at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81. Two games. It's Championship Sunday. So, we got two polls. First one is, which Super Bowl matchup would intrigue you the most? Saints versus Patriots, Saints versus Chiefs, 
Rams versus Patriots. Rams versus Chiefs. Early leader in the clubhouse is Saints versus Chiefs. Our second poll question, again, at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81, is Patriots are listed as three-point underdogs. Do you actually consider New England an underdog this weekend in Kansas City? Yes or no? 63% so far saying no. You can vote at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. Me and the crew will give our votes in the final segment. But up next... It is three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. Their first three Super Bowls, Gerard Cherry, joins me after the break here on TSN 4 Downs. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. Conference Championship Edition of TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you are listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. It's snowy out. It's cold. Do you really want to cook dinner? And plus, for the big game, what's better than pizza? What's better than the delicious side dishes? Marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at Domino's.ca. The terrific carryout and delivery deals right now. Fresh toppings. Go get yourself some. Coming up in a few minutes' time, we will head out to Los Angeles. I chatted a little bit earlier with Rich Hammond of the Orange County Registry. He follows and tracks the L.A. Rams. So we're going to get injury reports. We're going to tee up Rams versus Saints. But first, not a one-time. Not a two-time, but a three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots and now works for ESPN Cleveland as a terrific host on the next level. Gerard Cherry's online. Gerard, how's it going, man? I am doing well. How are you? I am well, sir. And I was, I was teeing it up earlier because your experience in winning the first three Super Bowls with the Patriots I think is so fascinating because now everybody just thinks, okay, the legacy, the dynasty, the GOAT of Belichick, of Brady. But you were there... Before all that, you were there in the transition from Bledsoe to Brady. And can you tell us a little bit about those earlier days before they were on top of the world? And when really, there was a time when Bill Belichick was was on the hot seat, wasn't there? Yeah, there certainly was a time. As a matter of fact, Bill being on the hot seat and his transparency during that time was very key to what you have today in that we had a meeting. I believe we were like 1-3. I'm not quite certain what the record was, but we were in a losing situation. And Bill, frankly, brought the whole team together and said something to the effect of, look, guys, we're struggling right now. I'm not sure if I'm going to be here if we keep this up. And I'm responsible for the majority of you all being here. So if we don't do something about this as a team, things are going to be drastically changing around here. So with that, and it sounds corny, it sounds cheesy, but we literally had a football that represented our last game in which we lost. We went onto the practice field, and Bill had all of us walk by and kick dirt on that football, hmm. symbolizing that we were burying the season from that standpoint and moving forward to something new. And the end result of that was. Wow. And Gerard, that kind of, I guess, was the start of that Patriot way where there is no individual, right? It's all, right. You're, you're an all in unit and building from, from that point. And that's, that's a big part of why that team has been so successful, isn't it? 
Oh, it certainly is. And the key elements have been team over self, mm-hmm. not putting your agenda ahead of the team's agenda and just finding guys who buy into that mentality and that type of approach to playing football. And he's done a fabulous job. And the key to it all is that Tom is the key, obviously, because of what he does at the quarterback position, but more so that Bill is allowed to coach Tom in a way in which other guys can't go back to Bill and be like, well, you don't say that to Tom. Mm. You have a sense of equality around then. You have a sense that everyone has an equal stake in the success, and Bill preaches that message over and over and over again, that you all play a part in our success. If you have five plays, make it the best five plays that you have. If you have 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 plays, be the best at your position. But at the end of the day, make sure your collective effort helps the team in success, and they've found a great way of doing that time and time again. Yeah, and you were a part of the beginning of that dynasty. And, and Gerard, we know the chip on the shoulder for Tom Brady. Six-round pick and overcoming. But I I find it's so hard to make a five-time Super Bowl champion an underdog. But that's what we got here in Kansas City. Three-point underdog. Now, take us into into the locker room because... I know Brady and Belichick just have to love this, right? You don't even have to really manufacture it this time. You're an underdog. Where? How do you think they're approaching this game strategy-wise and talking to the rest of the, the troops there as far as, like, you're an underdog here. Look at all you've done, and you're still an underdog. How motivating is that? What do you think they're saying? It's probably the worst-case scenario for Kansas City <laughs> yeah. from a motivation standpoint. Because this time around, Bill doesn't have to manufacture something, and he's one of the best at manufacturing things and making you think it's actually reality. But in this case, <laughs> the proof is in what everyone is saying. So he'll borrow from the TSNs, the ESPNs, the other pundits out there who have something negative to say about the Patriots and their likelihood of winning the game. But in this case, it's like it seems to be unanimous that everyone outside the Boston area is giving the Chiefs the win. So what that does is takes Bill, Tom, and the rest of that team, because what you have on that team, when you really look at the players, are the guys that have been rejected, told they weren't good enough, mm-hmm. or that they were over the hill and done, and that plays right into that psychology of chip on the shoulder, we're going to go out there and prove the world wrong, and get the job done. So, in my mind, it's the worst-case scenario for the Chiefs in that it plays, especially the Tom Brady situation, because despite being, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, he still carries around what took place at Michigan on his shoulder. Wow. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Well, and now, Gerard, too, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be the MVP, right? This is the, this is the new flavor. This is the new guy. This is the one who's going to replace you, Tom. Like, I'm just, uh, he must just be frothing at the mouth to get out there and prove it. Like, what do you think we're going to see, especially with the weather looking like it's improving? Do you feel, and I know Tom's not a guy to make it about him, but do you kind of get a sense that Brady's going to want to maybe try to pop up 300-plus yards here and, and, and really show, hey, I'm not done yet? I really believe so. And here's the beauty of it, of it all is that Tom, because he is a selfless person and how he approaches playing the game and including his teammates and being ultra-inclusive and not acting like he's unapproachable, guys want to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. So guys will take it on them to say, you know what, let's also shoulder this load to put Tom in a position, Bill in a position to succeed. And it's not about us, it's about the team. So they just found a way to just get guys on the same mindset. And when you have that in strength, Chiefs are a good football team. So it's going to be a competitive and good game. I will not dismiss it. It's not going to be like the Chargers of last week. I don't see that taking place. But I do see guys rallying two times defense and for the team overall saying, you know, we are for real. We are Yes, considered by you guys, rejects are not the better football team, but we're going to prove you wrong and 
it plays out the same scenarios that I experienced. And the funny thing about it was one time in which we were perceived as favorites in the Panthers game, that was probably the hardest Super Bowl that we did play in because we didn't know how to necessarily deal with the idea of being the favorite and everyone's going to just win the game. But in this case, it plays perfectly. And when Bill is at his best as a motivator and Tom at his best as a player. Man. In conversation with Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots and now co-host of The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland 850 Radio. Now, Gerard, when we look at this game overall, and you have the Chiefs and the prolific offense, but that defense of the Chiefs, which is being stomped on and made fun of for most of the year, I don't know what switch got flipped, but they really showed up and showed out last week. What do you think we, we can expect in this matchup overall? How do you think it's going to play out? Well, the Patriots, I believe, are going to try to establish the run. And if they can do that, and if Julian Edelman is kick-clicking on all cylinders with mm-hmm. Tom Brady, I don't really see how you can stop that offense for the Patriots. And you want to go match for match, back-to-back, and obviously the Chiefs have the ability to do that with Mahomes and company because they have a very talented offensive unit. But I really just look to see what's it like after the half. Because the first half, I don't believe unless it's a blowout situation, will not be a real. And even with the Chiefs that say the Patriots are leaving, that's no in between because they obviously have the firepower to strike quickly yeah. and come right back. So I'm really looking to see what happens at halftime adjustments. It's a tightly played game. Generally speaking, the Patriots do better in that situation from a adjustment standpoint. But if the defense for the Chiefs can generate a pass rush with four guys and get out the time that way, that's the way you beat them. The Giants showed it. Only way you can really truly beat Tom Brady in these situations, and the Broncos did it back in the day as well, is you have to get to him with your four guys up front, not relying on blitzes and dropping everybody else into coverage and making sure with that you have tight coverage. So if the Chiefs can do that, then they have a great chance along with their offense moving up and down the field methodically and scoring points to win the game. But if they can't get there with the four-man rush, watch out. Yeah, it could it could be interesting. Last one for you here, Gerard, and you look at, we talk about Brady and, and carrying that chip on his shoulder despite all of his success throughout his whole career. A guy you cover very closely in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield and the Browns, similar chip, right? Like manufacturing stuff, and we saw the success, but he always has something to motivate him, the walk-on, the first overall pick to drive him. Do you see any similarities? I'm not talking on the field. Of course, he hasn't played long enough, but just attitude-wise in that drive between a Baker Mayfield and a, a Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I do see it. And it's the funny thing with Baker is that Baker's is more pronounced in that Tom does it in a casual West Coast style, which is being <laughs> from Cali. I, I get it. It's more like, I'm going to beat you, but I'm going to do a smile and then calling you dude at the same time. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Baker is up front and brash about it. Yeah. And maybe that's because he's from Texas. And, you know, don't mess with Texas mentality. And I'll tell you what, and all that stuff. But, yeah, I definitely see that in that. For the life of me, I'm like, Baker, why are you mad at you, Jackson? This dude didn't do anything to you. But he found a way with that Hugh Jackson situation to manufacture into a chip on his shoulder. And on top of that, first pick overall, he still found a way. And competitors do. They find a way to motivate themselves through what they can deem as disrespect or people neglecting them because it goes back to what they experienced early on. And I guess ultimately we all are a reflection of our childhood. Man, uh, well, next season's going to be fun for Baker and the Browns, but this Sunday, wow, great couple of games. Gerard, people can follow you on Twitter at JRCherry3 and find you on the landondemand.com and ESPN Cleveland with the next level Monday to Friday. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. Appreciate it. 
No problem. Great talking to you. All right, there he goes. Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. How about that from inside? Guy in the locker room. You're not going to get that anywhere else than TSN Four Downs. We're going to head out to Los Angeles after the break. Get a feel, injury updates, and tee up Rams and Saints. Rich Hammond, who covers the Rams for the Orange County Register, joins me next on TSN Four Downs. Back to TSN Four Downs. AFC NFC Championship game coming up Sunday. The winners. We'll play in the Super Bowl in two weeks' time. Wow. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton, and we are delivered by Domino's. How about this deal? Okay, unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. You order a minimum of two. You can get 100 if you want. Perfect for this type of weather and weekend we're going to have. And football food? Go get yourself some. Domino's.ca side dishes, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out, Domino's.ca. All right, I had a chance to chat a little bit earlier out in Los Angeles with Rich Hammond, who covers the L.A. Rams to help tee up Rams and Saints. Have a listen. Rich, let's begin with how the L.A. Rams are preparing for this NFC Championship game against the New Orleans Saints. Of course, they'll be traveling down to New Orleans for it. But to practice, uh, weather is not, not really ideal right now for the Rams to, to, to practice. A little rainy out there, isn't it? It is, yeah. Sometimes that's not a bad thing when you talk about January. You know, sometimes the weather is kind of inclement and you, you, you'd like to prepare in a, in a cold, uh, rainy environment. But this is not the case because obviously the Rams are going to the, the Superdome, so mm. they'd like to try to emulate those those dry and warm conditions as much as they could. But, yeah, it's been very rainy, certainly by uh, Southern California standards uh, all week. So they're going to try uh, to get a normal practice in outside on the grass. But in case they haven't, they've actually constructed kind of one of those huge party tents uh, in their parking lot. Oh. So if it doesn't work out that they practice on grass, they're actually going to do a little bit of a walkthrough kind of in a parking lot. So not ideal, uh, <laughs> but, but they're making the best of the circumstances. Okay, that's, that's all right. Now, Rich, when we, look, <laughs> when we look at this matchup here, you got Breeze versus Goff, right? Future Hall of Famer versus up-and-comer, the rising star. But I want to start with the running backs for this Rams team because Todd Gurley, of course, that knee issue, and it came out. He's been kind of dealing with it on and off since week one. C.J. Anderson gets picked up. It's like, all right, whatever, just a guy. This dude's been on fire. Like, Rich, what has happened? We had C.J. Anderson rush for two touchdowns last week. Gurley went for one. Um, Why has C.J. Anderson all of a sudden become a rock star? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe one thing that's done is opened eyes to to how good that Rams offensive line is. And and that's not taking anything away from C.J. Anderson. But, you know, for him to come in and and have that success, I, I don't think you can do that unless you have a really good offensive line and, and you're on the same page with them. And you know what? Credit CJ, too. He came in. He's a really smart guy. And he, he came in. He played under similar systems before, so the terminology was not completely foreign to him. But, but he came in right away and picked things up very quickly. Uh, was very smart. And, you know, got all the communication down. And then, yeah, I, I think we're, that's where I turn it to is, is those offensive linemen have done such a great job that whether it's Todd Gurley in there or it's C.J. Anderson or whoever they have in there. Uh, the, the, the protection has been there. The blocking has been there. And they've been able to open things up uh, for, for those running backs. But, but, yeah, it really is remarkable. I, I can't think of a team, at least in the recent past, that, that's been able to kind of change the complexion of their offense so much late in the season and, and yet still have success. I mean, this is a very 
different Rams team to defend now in the running game than it was just a couple weeks ago uh, because they can put both of those guys back there. I mean, Todd Gurley, very speedy, uh, you know, good slashing, you know, good cuts, uh, great in the open field. And then you have C.J. Anderson, who's kind of like a bowling ball back there, and, and he can just kind of push the pile and, and be great in those short-yarded situations. So I think uh, going into this weekend, they definitely plan on utilizing both of those guys. You had Anderson rush for over 5.3 yards to carry. Gurley, just a ridiculous 7.2 on 16. Now the question is, that knee, he did play. Anderson out-touched him. Is that knee the same as it was? Is it getting better? Is it worse? What's the word on Todd Gurley's knee going into Sunday? Yeah, I think, you know, we all know how it goes in pro sports. I don't think, I'm not saying they lie, but I'm not saying they also tell the truth all the time either. So, you know, I think it's one of those things we probably will find out at the end of the season exactly how good or bad uh, that knee is. But you know what, I, I don't think he would be out there. Uh, if, if it were, you know, a compromising situation, if he was going to hurt himself even further, you know, is it 100%? Is it as strong as it was back in September? I, I can't imagine that it is, uh, just based on the way they've been treating him over the past, you know, three or four weeks here. Uh, but I, I think, you know, the proof is in the film, and I think, you know, anybody who watched that, that Rams-Dallas game uh, could see that uh, Todd Gurley looked strong. It didn't look like he was inhibited in any way or that he was, you know, uh, you know any slower or wasn't any less dynamic with some of his cuts and moves. So uh, certainly good enough to go out there. But, uh, to, you know, to circle back, the fact that they do have that kind of safety valve in C.J. Anderson and, and they don't mm-hmm. think that they have to give the ball to Todd Gurley 25 times, uh, I, I think that's a huge, huge benefit. In conversation with Rich Hammond covering the LA Rams for the Orange County Register on Twitter at Rich underscore Hammond. So Rich, when we look at Jared Goff and how this offense has evolved from the beginning of a season where Gurley was always, of course, a part of it, but Goff was able to throw it up to to Cooks, to Woods, to Cup, and then Cup goes down. And really since that bye week, we've seen a little bit of an adjustment on how effective or how prolific, I guess, Goff has been in the passing game. Does that concern you at all or is that just an evolution of this this team and and, and an offense overall yeah a little bit of both i you know i, I think Cooper Cup that those receivers like you said they all fit together mm-hmm. so very nicely they, they don't all do the same thing i mean brandon cooks is getting a traditional deep threat you know robert woods is an excellent excellent route runner great hands you know works the sidelines very well things like that and then cooper cup was kind of the tweener i mean he could he could do both he can get down the field but, but he's also very good in the middle of the field uh, good hands very good on third down that sort of thing so it's almost like a puzzle and, and when you take one piece out of the puzzle it doesn't you know it doesn't quite look the same anymore so i, I you know, I do think that's an issue, and, and I think that has impacted the things that the Rams have done. But they've, like you said, they've, they've adjusted a little bit. One thing they've done is utilize tight ends a little bit more. And uh, Gerald Everett's a guy who can make plays down the field, and, and Tyler Higby's a guy who's a little more sure-handed and maybe in short yardage situations and things like that. So I guess I would say maybe they're not quite as dynamic uh, as they were without uh, Cooper Cup in there. But, you know, that was a pretty high bar. I mean, they were pretty much routinely putting up 30, 35 points a game uh, when when Cooper Cup was in there. So has it come down a little bit? Yeah, probably has. And maybe the ceiling has dropped a little bit for that offense. But but I still think that they have the uh, personnel and and the skill to, to, to win games with that offense for sure. Now, moving to the New Orleans Saints, and oh my, we saw what Michael Thomas and Drew Brees can do. This is getting ridiculous, (laughs) the type of production that those two can put up. And with the Rams, all the talk coming in, of course, was 
that defense, the defense overall. And I think the front seven has lived up to the hype for the most part. But the secondary has been a bit disappointing. Is this a, a situation for the Rams where you got to hope to try to contain? You're not going to stop Michael Thomas, but hope to contain him because you, Drew Brees can go to a whole lot of different areas here uh, through the air. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I think it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, you, you don't want to focus so much on him that, mm-hmm. that you kind of ignore the other uh, factors. And, I mean, you look at that first meeting, yes, you know, Michael Thomas, he put up 211 yards, and, and everybody, you know, paid attention to that, and that was kind of the big number. But, you know, Alvin Kamara, out of the backfield, sure. he ends up scoring three touchdowns in the first half, and, and he's a guy who can put up 100 yards of receiving on you if you're not paying attention to him. The New Orleans used their tight ends real well in that first game, too, which they're not really known necessarily for their for their prolific tight ends, but they did a nice job with them in, in the first game. So, yeah, it is a little bit of you have to walk the line a little bit. Certainly, you have to keep your eye on Michael Thomas. and You can't let him go crazy. You can't let him go for 200 yards again, but you also can't just keep your eyes locked on him the whole time. Right. Now, one thing that'll help real quick is, you know, they do have a keep to lead back this time. He did not play in that first game against the Saints, so brings a little bit more stability. Uh, you know, Akeem's a veteran guy. He's been to a Super Bowl, so, you know, being able to handle a guy like Michael Thomas in those situations, he's certainly equipped to do that, but boy, oh boy, that, that Saints offense, and particularly when they play in that Superdome, I mean, they are a handful, uh, no, no matter what the personnel is out there. Rich, last one for you here, and I'm so looking forward to this game because I think it is going to be a shootout and it's going to be a lot of fun, but what do the Rams have to do to to really give themselves the best chance at beating the Saints? We've kind of gone over both sides of it here, but what do you think they have to do game plan-wise and do against the Saints to have a real shot at advancing to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I really think it starts with the run defense. And I generally just you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the Saints' pass game, and, and that's huge, but... If you can take Kamara out of the game earlier, even just slow him down, I think the Rams kind of had the template last week, you know, when they, they shut down Ezekiel Elliott real mm-hmm. quick. I think, you know, Zeke's first three carries, I think he totaled two or three yards on his first three carries. And it really set the tempo. It really gave the Rams the advantage in time of possession. Uh, it put the uh, Cowboys in some food and long situations that they don't like to be in. So I'm not saying it's a straight-line comparison because the Saints have a, a much better offense uh, than the Cowboys do and a much more varied offense. But I, I think, if, you know, if you allow Alvin Kamara to get going early, it just really puts a defense on their heels and, and puts them in a lot more difficult situation. So if they can do a good job on him and, and maybe put the Saints and Drew Brees in a, in a few more uncomfortable positions and, and help you know win that time of possession, I, I really think that's where it's going to start. Rich, have fun. This is going to be a great game. And, uh, hey, good luck to, to the Rams. And hey, maybe you'll be going to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Thanks so much. <laughs> well, I think it'll be a great game. Yeah, thanks for having me. There he is, Rich Hammond. It covers the Rams for the Orange County Register and L.A. Daily News. All right, folks, we're going to step aside, come back with our official Four Downs game predictions, some fantasy props, as well as our Twitter poll questions. You can vote on those at TSN Four Downs at AndyMC81. What's the most intriguing Super Bowl matchup to you? And do you really consider the Patriots underdogs, like the line in Vegas is saying? We'll be back to wrap up TSN Four Downs next. To wrap up TSN four downs as we get ready for the AFC and NFC championship games. Oh, baby, cannot wait for that. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. 
Go get yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Perfect football food for the game. Or you can go the two-topping medium pizza route, unlimited, for $7.99 each. Check it all out. Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. All right. It is time for our official game predictions. And you can tweet your predictions to us for the AFC-NFC games at AndyMC81 at TSN4Downs in the Big Three. The Big Three. But there's only two games, so what can you do, right? Let's begin. Ram Saints 305 Eastern in New Orleans in the Dome. Saints three and a half point favorites. And the last time these two clubs met up, the, I think the over it went over like 80 po- combined points. It was crazy. Inside, no weather, no elements. Are we going to see it again? I'm going to say with the Rams and the Saints, I'm liking New Orleans. I think it'd be cool for McVay and Goff to, to kind of advance, but one more time for for Breeze, 40 years old, breaking the records, and, and Sean Payton just doing it one more time, getting back to the show, I think would be fascinating. And I think it, it all lines up for them, right? Like The interesting thing to me, though, is with the likes of Mahomes and Goff in these matchups is like the greats, like Breeze, like Brady, we didn't know that they could rise and be clutch in these situations until they did for the first time. The first time around, we didn't know. And that's why any of these matchups are so fascinating. You could have legend versus legend in Breeze Brady or young gun versus young gun or a combo, the, the uh, future and the Hall of Famer. So I'm going to say Saints win outright and that they cover. Let's go behind the glass. Arad, what are you thinking, buddy? I think Saints win outright and they cover. You can talk about all the numbers you want. One number matters to me. The Rams have never won when the referee of their game is Bill Venovich. And oh. guess who's refereeing this weekend? Wow. Bill Venovich. What a bit of insight from Arad. A referee take. Interesting. So we double on the Saints. Let's go to producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee, before your pick, how did we do uh, last week? So last week, if you remember, we had a very good wild card weekend as a we group. Did. We went 9-3. and three. So we're 9-3 and three going into last week. Um, myself, personally, I went 1-3 and three last week in the oh. divisional round. My one correct pick was New England. My incorrect picks were Indianapolis, Dallas, and New Orleans. Yeah, we all went. Uh, uh, we went road heavy last we week. We went road heavy last and, week. And kind of the universe like corrected itself in the NFL. It's like... Yeah. Wait a minute. So yeah. I, I was one and three. Arad was also one and three. His correct pick was Philadelphia. His incorrect picks: Indianapolis, Dallas, and the Chargers. You had the best week of the oh. three of us. You were five hundred. You went two wow. and two. Your correct picks were Philly and New England. Look Your incorrect guy. picks were Dallas and Indianapolis. Boom. So through the postseason, so far throughout all the games, our combined record is thirteen and eleven. Still positive. Still, Still above five hundred. Yep. Hey, if you, you like got that in Vegas, you like that? Yeah, I do, Kirk. How do you like your season being out of the playoffs? Ooh, anyway. Ooh, ooh. Okay, who are you taking? Saints or Rams? Three and a half spread. It's going to be a sweep. We're all taking the Saints ooh, here. baby. Yep, all right. Let's go Chiefs. Pats, the 640 main eventer. Okay. Patriots, underdogs by three. Weather in Kansas City has improved considerably. As of right now, minus two Celsius, 13 kilometer an hour winds, zero precipitation. And, you know, it'll get a bit colder. I think minus seven is the low in the in the evening there. So, overall... Pretty good weather conditions for outside. Chiefs three-point favorites. Listen, guys, we can talk about all the firepower on Kansas City. You have an extra-motivated underdog, P.O.'d Brady and Belichick. I'm not betting against the Pats. Hell no. Give me New England to cover and win outright in KC. Arad, what are you saying? 
I don't think the Pats will win, but I'm taking oh. them because I think the three-point spread is too much. I just think Belichick is too much of a mad scientist for this game to get out of hand. Yeah, it'll be... Boy, if it's less than three, that'd be... I'll come right down to it. Uh, Shawnee, what are you saying? I'm going to go with the Chiefs. You guys are lame. You know what? Patrick Sean's Mahomes. a Chiefs fan, and Arad's a Patriots fan. I'm surprised you two are talking to each other back there. Tyreek Hill is amazing. He is? Patrick Holmes is amazing. He is? Andy Reid has so much pressure on him to succeed. I believe he's going to do it this year, finally. I really like the fact that the Chiefs are at home, and they don't have to go to Foxborough for this game. The, you, well, yeah. And that's where the Patriots have had their playoff success at home. They're not going to be phased. I don't think they're going to be, like Brady and Belichick, they've seen it all, right? They're not going to be phased by an atmosphere. But it is on the road. So let us know your predictions at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. Now, I want to get to a couple of prop bets here, folks. Uh, fantasy prop plays from monkeyknifefight.com. I told you guys about this last week. So this is, this is a cool site. So you can do fantasy prop plays. So you can do over-unders. You can do who's going to score the most touchdowns. Pick the three players who are going to have the most rushing yards, whatever. And actually, if you sign up and use promo code AMAC, A-M-A-C, They'll match your initial deposit up to 50 bucks. Not bad, huh? Just do AMAC and get your initial deposit matched. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. So let's go through a couple of these. I want to start with Rams and Saints here, boys. Okay? So over under passing yards, Jared Goff, 293 and a half. I'm taking under because they've been all run with CJ Anderson rising like a phoenix from the ashes. 13 this year being an absolute monster and Todd Gurley, they're going to try to go and run this thing out. So I'm going to say under on 293. What are you saying, Rod? I would say under but not by much. They're going to be playing from behind so they'll mm, have to that's throw the question. a lot, But I don't think he'll crack 300. Like. And, and it'll be inter- if it's close uh, and they can push that running game through, then I think it'll be under for sure. But you're right. If they're playing catch-up, anything's possible. Shawnee? It's tough to see Jared Goff going for that high of a number without Cooper Cup. Like, with, ever since he's lost Cooper Cup, it hasn't been the same, right? His, right. His passing game hasn't been the same. The Saints' defense it's has real been... Good. It's been good, but the passing portion of their defense has been the one that struggled. Um, so I guess that's... The grounds to take the over, but I, I just don't see it. So I'll, I'll take the under with golf. Yeah, it's kind of the balance. They have have allowed the seventh fewest fantasy rushing yards this year have the Saints on their defense. So we go to the Chiefs and Patriots game. Fantasy prop plays on monkeyknifefight.com. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, who's going to have the more passing yards? And then also Sony Michelle and Damian Williams. So if you pick both of those right, then you win that contest. So Mahomes or Brady more yards or rushing yards, Michelle Williams. I'll say Mahomes for more passing yards and Damian Williams with more rushing yards simply because can you really predict which running back is going to go off in New England? And we know Williams is going to be the workhorse there, even with Spencer Wareback. So I'll say Mahomes more passing yards, Williams more rushing yards. Rod, what are you saying? So, uh, just like Sesame Street, today's show is brought to you by the letter M. So, I'm going to go with Mahomes oh, and Michelle. There you go. To going with Sony Michelle, Karen the Rock, Shawnee. Since I took the Chiefs to win on the point spread, I guess I have to take Mahomes to have more passing yards more than passing Brady. Yards. He does have more weapons on the passing game as well. Um, I, I'm going to stick with the Rad as well and go with Sony Michelle on the rushing yards. Go with Sony Michelle on the rushing yards. So there you go. And you can play. Check it out. It's a, it's a really cool site. Came across it last week. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. And again, if you use promo code AMAC, you can get your initial deposit uh, matched right there at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. How about this coming up from Field Yates on Twitter? The Eagles have paid quarterback Nick Foles with the $1 million signing bonus to account for the incentive he missed out on by just four snaps earned by Philly making the playoffs. 
and Foles playing 33% of the snaps. So nicely done, Philadelphia doing right by Nick Foles. Let's get a quick vote here on our Twitter poll questions, at AndyMC81, at TSN4Downs. Which Super Bowl matchup intrigues you the most? What do you want to see? Saints versus Patriots. Saints versus Chiefs, Rams versus Pats, Rams versus Chiefs. Slight edge going to Saints and Chiefs. If I'm thinking, that's the one I want. I want Saints-Chiefs. I'll take the leader in the clubhouse here. Old school Hall of Famer versus new school Pat Mahomes and two guys who are right in the MVP conversation. Saints-Chiefs, that's the one I want to see. Arad, how are you voting on that one? What's your most ideal Super Bowl matchup? Well, Pats versus the Saints. (laughs) I want to see two of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Do it one more time. Do it one more time. And I want to see the best defensive play caller versus the best offensive play caller. Go head to head. That would be a lot of fun. I wouldn't object to any of these matchups, really. Sean? Yeah, that's a great point about this poll. All four of them are actually really good matchups. I would go with Rams-Chiefs. I'm tired of the Patriots. I want to see two young quarterbacks battle for the Super Bowl. And McVay versus Andy Reid. Would be a pretty entertaining Pretty matchup. interesting. And our last poll question, are the Patriots really underdogs? Do you really feel that with the three-point uh, spread going to Kansas City? Yes or no? 65% say no. Uh, I'm not feeling that they're really the underdogs. It's the old saying, right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And Kansas City and Pat Mahomes, the biggest stage they've been on, have a great chance to do that. So you can vote at AndyMC81 at TSN 4 Downs. If you missed any of the show, you can get it on iTunes, on the TSN 1050.ca show page, and we will tweet it out at TSN 4 Downs, at AndyMC81, and on Instagram at AndyMCSports. Enjoy the games, folks. For Arad, for Sean, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs.